Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right, welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today. Thank you so much for joining us here on this beautiful Monday afternoon. We're live here on WYSL until 2 p.m. Give us a call if you'd like to participate in the show, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Or if you're listening online on the Free Solution Facebook page, Free Solution YouTube channel, Free Solution Facebook group the Kevin Wilson page or the Kevin Wilson Twitter account, whichever place you're listening today, leave your comments. And uh, if it's good stuff, maybe we'll read down there. Of course, shout out to the the folks listening on the podcast as well. Appreciate y'all too. Uh, So so today we're going to talk about something that just happened uh, this morning too. I was surprised that it happened. I was was getting frustrated that it hadn't happened yet. And that... New York State decided to follow the new CDC guidelines uh, on COVID stuff, right? And, you know, the, when the, the new CDC guidelines came out, uh, you know, I, I think like many folks listening, it, it's a mixture of like, well, this is good. I'm glad the government agency caught up to how everyone else was kind of acting anyway, based on like, you know, the evidence they had seen. And for me, I was like, now I want New York State to do the same because, you know, now – Again, I'm uh, I'm still in a position where my my son is in childcare. He's still too young to wear um, you know a mask, and the, the the guidelines as they existed would still mean that he might have to quarantine if someone in his class got sick, even if he didn't. You know, and that's again, especially knowing what the actual danger is to young kids. I was like, well, that's kind of annoying. And in New York State, hadn't followed any of the new CDC guidelines, and they're still doing you know, a whole bunch of different stuff. And, and essentially, again, if you haven't if you haven't checked out what the new CDC stuff does, it, it, A, it doesn't differentiate the behavior of vaccinated versus unvaccinated people, because as we started to see, you know, as new variants pop out and the vaccine being, you know, different levels of effective among different people. Um, it's, it didn't necessarily make sense to treat someone differently because they were vaccinated if they got sick versus someone who got sick and wasn't vaccinated. And and I know a lot of folks are looking for a reckoning on that. And too. We're going to talk about that again. What, what do you do when government agency or politicians eventually come around to a better position? What What level of accountability slash encouragement do you give to those folks when they had been making wrong decisions previously, particularly ones where you know, the decision was wrong enough to, to you know, disrupt education, to hurt the economy, uh, to disrupt people's lives in a way that wasn't necessarily productive, right? And, and then when do you, do you offer forgiveness because they're erring on the side of safety, or accountability because they failed to look at the evidence as it changed when when the rest of us caught up a lot quicker. You know, is this a matter of the the state fail and um, and by the state I mean both the state government and the CD the federal bureaucracy of the CDC failing to respond quickly to the data or being cautious. 
So we'll talk through some of that stuff today. So New York State, again, they've, they've adopted now the CDC guidelines and, and Governor Hochul's going out and, you know, being like, education's important. We want to make sure we update these before the fall. You know, we the school week starting, uh, the school year starting in, in just a couple weeks. So, you know, timely announcement on that. But she gets to get out in front of this and say, ah, we're doing this for the children. Again, once again, for the children. The restrictions are for the children, lifting the restrictions also for the children to make sure that education isn't disrupted because we've seen how the particularly the the guidance, the COVID guidance related to school children has been uh, particularly disruptive to their lives and to the lives of family of kids who are in school, despite the relative low danger uh, of those kids during this pandemic again most of the danger was for older folks no not all of it i know it's a serious thing but but a lot of it was you know the the more dangerous uh, population to get this excuse a bit older as compared to younger okay so governor hochul she gets to go out and be a hero but again this isn't something just conservatives have been pressuring her on this point too i've been seeing a lot of democrats start to be like hey this this no longer makes sense we're not doing this. Our friends aren't doing this. Uh, we, you know, are triple vaccinated at this point. We've already had it at this point. You know, at what point do we just say, okay, we have to operate in the same way that we did with the flu, where we just say, we know this is a serious thing that's out there. We know if someone gets sick that they should stay home, and that's a good thing to do. And if anyone starts experiencing symptoms, do that. But the level of seriousness that it is, given what we know now, we have to change our approach. And I know there's still a few there's still a few diehards out there, right? And I, I've seen those too. The, the folks are still like, gosh, we still need to lock down. And, and you'd think, I mean, you might not hear those folks in your circles, but like it, it's still most definitely a thing. They say, hey, look, we're, we're going back to a big peak again. It's going to be the same winter and it's going to be terrible. So, you know, it's going to be tens of thousands of, uh, of cases, uh, a day, whatever, you know, it's, it's, I mean, again, we're, right now, New York state has a couple thousand new cases a day. Seven day average is 4,900. Uh, that's, that's where we are. Um, again, it's, it's not nothing. It's 70,000 people died in New York state alone. It's, it is a lot of people. So, okay. Plan accordingly. Again, if you're in a high risk group, but can we have this this weird situation in New York State where okay, we're starting to lift it. We may have some folks on the extreme end who who are gonna try to push the uh, the governor back into lockdown soon. She still has the ability to do that. The, the the weirdest thing about this situation to me is that but oh was it a week ago or two ago? It was August thirteenth, I think. It was the the governor signed a new executive order. Declaring a state of emergency again for uh, COVID nineteen. So again, now she's lifting all these restrictions in schools, following the CDC recommendation. But still, we're under a state of emergency for COVID through September twelfth. All right. So, so which is it? Do we need to be in a state of emergency, or are we continuing to lift restrictions? Is that state of emergency going to continue indefinitely? That's what we need to start asking the governor. You know, when does it end? When does she get to dictate that policy alone? Tim O'Connor asks, "What guidance? Removal of all guidance?" T- see, Tim, 
it depends on how you're, you're phrasing guidance, right? To uh, again, this is Tim Tim O'Connor on Facebook, who we we uh, we do our show Thursday evenings too. If you guys, we had a we had a good one on on digital privacy and a whole bunch of other stuff last Thursday. Make sure you check it out. But to me, what the CDC should and ought to be doing is just provide guidance, not mandates. There's a difference, right? There's there's a difference between saying these are this is what the data says is likely to keep you safe and protected in these situations based on the knowledge we have at hand. That is different from we, the state, we, the governor's office, are declaring an emergency and closing these businesses because of a pandemic emergency. That is that is different from guidance. Or we, the state, are mandating that the schools take X, Y, and Z measures uh, and including random testing, including uh, removal of, uh, you know, quarantining of an entire classroom, including, uh, you know, all, uh, mandatory masking, all that sort of stuff. That is different from, hey, if you're feeling sick, it's fine if you wear a mask, and, and, and that might be encouraged, but you are not required to do that. Those are two different things, right? If the, C- the CDC can recommend all they want— and if they want to build that credibility back, they because they they ruined it in many ways over the last few years. The best thing that they can do is say, "Here's the data, here's what the evidence supports. Don't get mixed up in the politics of it, and just just give people the truth as much as you know it, and then say, based on all the evidence, we're going to make this recommendation." And then it is up to you to do that. And if they can't get enough people to follow that, they need to build that trust back. Because, unfortunately, the government's gotten too comfortable with, well, if they're not going to uh, comply with our nice suggestion, then we'll do it by force. And that builds resentment. It builds mistrust. It also encourages them to not sharpen their arguments as much as they could or to tell noble lies, which is what they did at the beginning of the pandemic, where they said, uh, don't mask, because they wanted the medical industry to be able to get the masks that they knew that they needed. That noble lie has caused so much damage to the reputation of public health here in the United States, and and, and several other things, too. Again, there, there, there's so many instances in which if they were straightforward and honest about what was going on, it wouldn't create the same level of mistrust that happened. And uh, Tom Queter on Facebook says, wait, people don't trust our government? Shocker. Yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, that's true. It is true. Some people don't trust the government. Uh, Tim O'Connor says, I'm afraid that the CDC has become politicized. Yeah, it kind of has. And again, they, they need some accountability. And, and when we come back, we're, we're going to talk about that accountability, right? Again, when, when someone shifts to a position that is incorrect to a position that is more correct, how do how do we deal with that and and how do we hold people accountable for their mistakes while also encouraging them to adopt the right thing thanks again for joining us here at free solution if you want to weigh in this give us a call 585-346-3000 that's 585-346-3000 we'll be back in just a few minutes here on a free solution
Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovations should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. Hey, this is Kevin Wilson, host of A Free Solution. You ever need a tool for just one project? but didn't want to spend the cash for something you'd use just once or twice? Well, there's a new tool library in Rochester where you can borrow just the thing you need instead of buying a new one. It's called the Tool Shed from the Southeast Area Coalition, and membership starts at just $25 a year. Use it for home projects or to support your business. Learn more and become a member at seektoolshed.org. That's S-E-A-C toolshed.org. Available in the WISL store at WISL1040.com. Official top quality tees, hoodies, and coffee mugs depicting the colorful WISL logo or the already famous Mount Worstmore line of merch depicting Mount Rushmore style are for worst presidents. Of course, you know who is front and center up on that mountain. WISL official items make perfect gifts or they're a great way for you to make a personal statement. Locally produced and sold only in the WISL store at WISL1040.com. A free solution on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thanks so much for joining us today on this beautiful Monday. You can give us a call if you want to participate in the show, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We're talking about New York State adopting the new CDC guidance and... And again, where do you hold folks uh, accountable for these things? Uh, and and Tim O'Connor on Facebook also pointed out that Dr. Fauci resigned. Well, he's, re- I don't know, retiring. He's resigning from his government position at the end of the year in December, right? So he's still in there right now. He's, he didn't quit immediately unless there's some news that happened since I started the show, which, you know, maybe. Uh, but as I understood it, he was, he was going to be done at the end of the year. Um, so again, same with him. Same with him. Same with the the CDC. Same with Kathy Hochul and the the New York State Public Health Apparatus. Uh, you know, when when they come around this stuff, and, and and I'll say this right, I, and I've said this before, I I'm a little bit forgiving of in early situations of being a little bit more lenient on folks who are making public health decisions who don't understand who don't fully know how dangerous the disease is who given the best evidence at the time at the time at the beginning of the covid pandemic it seemed far more dangerous than it ended up being and it is still in its own way extremely dangerous and and can harm a lot of people it's killed it, it, you know it's it's what like a million people at this point it's it's a lot of folks who have died of this you know it's 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 a big deal but at the beginning of the pandemic right you don't know 
what groups are most vulnerable. You don't know exactly how it's spread. You don't know what's the best way of preventing this. You don't have any sort of vaccine that, that could, in theory, protect you. You don't have any of this stuff, right? So, okay, I'm... Um, I'm a little bit more forgiving of folks who are like, we don't know this, and it seems really dangerous. And the initial, you know, numbers coming out were like, oh, hey, like, twenty percent of people are getting it. What uh, who are who are getting it are dying. You know, the case fatality rate seemed very high. All right, given that information, which was skewed because it was hitting an older population, uh, it seems prudent to act in a drastic way. But we figured out. Shortly thereafter, here's what works, here's what doesn't work. Started to figure out, you know, well, what kind of masking works versus doesn't work. What is social distancing make sense? Does cleaning everything obsessively make sense? You know, and then, and then there's the whole vaccine debate, right? Like the, the, it's complicated stuff. I'm willing to have a little bit of grace, but but there comes a point in which you say, okay, are you perpetuating this because of? politics are you perpetuating this stuff and, and that's what like the thing that rubs me the wrong way about dr fauci and there's you know um an interesting and, and we got a comment from paula on facebook who says fauci did uh 50 years in government interesting what his legacy will be looking back you know there's it's an interesting legacy of what he's done with aids what he's done with covid you know and, and, and a whole bunch of uh different things and again you try to say okay here's what's known here's what's the the best recommendation given incomplete information here's what's um and then how do we adjust that based on that and again we politics politicians get into a momentum they don't want to look like they've changed their mind because it makes them makes it seem like they are ill-informed or weak and and i i do think that there should be some level of forgiveness for that for again for making the best decision based on the best data you had at the time and then when you get new data, changing those decisions, changing those policies. I would always lean towards liberty every single time, but I, I at least get why politicians acted the way they did in the beginning. I don't get why New York State has stuck with bad information all the way in through mid-2022. Again, I'm glad they they changed it. I'm glad they're going in a better direction now. I'm glad that school children won't have to face these ridiculous rules, but... If Governor Hochul still has emergency powers and she extends them again after September 12th and cases start rising again in the fall and there's political pressure once again to respond in an aggressive way that ends up with shutdowns, that ends up with school children having to face ridiculous rules, that ends up with uh, more damage to people's lives, more isolation, that's a problem. We're not taking away those powers. So... I want to go with, with with two things, and, and I'm going to get to this other comment from Tim O'Connor too. He says, "You, uh, Tim O'Connor, on Facebook says you give them the benefit of doubt. I used to. Incompetence is malice when it comes to politicians." And let me say this: I, again, I will give people the benefit of the doubt in the beginning when they're acting on the best information possible, right? And. I, I agree with the the second half of the statement. Incompetence is malice when it comes to politician. That there's so many regulations out there. There's so many things out there where politicians can and should do better. They can and should trust the people to be able to act independently in 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 a rational way for their own needs and their own lives, in which they impose authoritarian measures to control our lives that are neither 
helpful nor moral, right? And, and again, by that I mean some of the COVID stuff, but there's, there's all sorts of regulations where they, they think that they know how to run their lives better than you, and they don't fully understand the nature of the businesses that they're regulating, the behaviors that they're regulating. Uh, we see all sorts of stuff with, uh, with gun regulations that happen. Uh, incompetence and and willful ignorance again which especially comes becomes the case with uh gun legislation is not is not an excuse it's not a reason to give them a pass again not knowing information and acting in good faith when no one knows what's going on is a bit different and i measure politicians by how quickly they correct that when they realize they have the wrong information and they realize Oh, I have the wrong position. And do they have the fortitude? Do they have the courage to say, you know what? I was wrong about this thing. New data has come to light. This is how we're going to move forward. And here's my reasons why. But so many politicians are terrified of that because in part because voters will hold them accountable for it. They'll say, well, you're wrong and you should have known better and we're going to roast you for it. And sometimes it's totally fair. And other times I'm like, well, they came around to the right side. It's a good thing. So I'm not there. I'm not there with Kathy Hochul though. Again, I she should have known better much sooner. For me, she 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 could have changed her policy like a year and a half ago. We knew better way back when. And and New York State wasn't even as bad as as other states like uh, California. We knew that we could have tackled this effectively, particularly in the education realm uh, in regards to COVID. Uh, to, to COVID. So much more effectively by and and let children continue to go to school, not get isolated, not not get behind. Um, and and then on top of that, make it difficult for people to to choose education alternatives in New York State, which is a whole other can of worms. But again, I don't always give people the benefit of the doubt just when I think that they're acting on good information. That's a judgment call. That's an individual situation. I can't apply a blanket solution a blanket judgment on politicians or anyone who has to make a tough call when it comes to trying to do the most good for the most people again and i might not necessarily agree with the the reasons for doing that you know the utilitarian reasons i i get sometimes but other times i I tend to err on the side of of liberty of when you don't know what's going on it's better to allow people the freedom to act because they'll come up with good, effective solutions, good ways of keeping people safe because everyone else is also analyzing this data and trying to make good decisions that fit for their situation. And you can go back. We got the archives way back, April of 2020. I was saying the same thing. Been pretty consistent about that. But I understand the utilitarian approach. I get it. It's just that they needed to fix it way sooner. They needed to correct their actions way sooner. Governor Hochul signing a new COVID emergency order, not great. The CDC needs massive reform. Again, I, I think that a lot of what the CDC does could absolutely be privatized. And, and by which I mean, if, if my vision for the CDC is that they should be providing guidance to folks, why does that need to be a government agency? Why can't that be a consortium of 
different healthcare providers who are doing research and providing best practices, and there could be competing consortiums too who are also doing that, and they're trying to vie for what is the best, most realistic, most effective solutions to the big health problems we face today. Again, can the CDC, given its current politicization, given its slow and bureaucratic response to COVID, <laughs> I mean, given its slow and bureaucratic response to uh, being able to approve vaccinations for a pandemic, given its slow bureaucratic response to testing, given all these things that we've seen, and, and, and its, its slow response to adapting to new information to make new and better recommendations, can we trust it to handle the pandemics of the future? Are we going to end up with new diseases like monkeypox well, not, that one's not really new. We've known about it. We have a vaccine for it. We know how it works. Is the bureaucracy of the CDC going to get in the way of fighting that effectively? And are we going to end up with a new pandemic on our hands because of that? Are we going to see the new outbreak of polio happen because of that, too? Are they, are they up for the task? Gosh, I hope so. A lot of lives depend on them being up for the task. But I'm not sure that it makes sense to continue to have that be a branch of the federal government. It could be done by private organizations. All right, thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. Appreciate all the comments today. I'll get to a couple more when we get back. Thank you so much for listening. Again, give us a call if you want to participate in the show, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. solution on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today. Thanks again for joining us on this wonderful Monday afternoon. Give us a call if you want to participate in the show, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. And, of course, you can leave your comments online, too. And uh, get to a couple of these. So Paul on Facebook says, 50 years in government... Referring to uh, Dr. Fauci, no matter how educated and how well-meaning you are, would leave anyone out of touch with reality. Again, you're right. You kind of forget how real life works and how to communicate with normal folks. And I said that one of the things that rubbed me the wrong way about Dr. Fauci is starting him starting to talk about like how he is the science and, and just kind of buying into his own myth. And that's, that's something that bureaucrats and politicians... Um, do a little bit too much of and again it's going to be interesting to see i i imagine that their republicans are going to try to do some sort of investigation if they they win the house and they you know win win the senate in the november elections um and we'll, we'll see if they they try to do anything into that if they continue to dig more into what happened in wuhan although i don't with the gain-of-function research stuff but i don't know if there's going to be anything more there or if there's going to be any not liability is the right word, but accountability for for Dr. Fauci if if he is found to have knowingly allowed that sort of thing to happen despite U.S. policy to the contrary. And um, Tim O'Connor on Facebook again. Tim, uh, him, and I uh, do do an online only show on Thursday. This Thursday we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk about the uh, World Economic Forum. We're, 
I know it's, it's something that like callers uh, bring up. It's something that Tim brings up occasionally, uh, and been researching it. And and so we'll talk about it. You know, good, bad, and ugly. What's going on with that stuff? Uh, Thursday night online only show. Uh, so make sure you follow the Free Solution page on Facebook if you want to listen to that and uh, and join in, ask questions, leave comments, etc. Uh, so just just a couple more points to wrap up the uh, the whole CDC, public health, New York State stuff. Again, it's it's a matter of a rebuilding trust with these public institutions. I would rather see the CDC move towards private organizations. Again, you could even have. I I don't want government funding for it, ideally, but you, you could still do that within that model, right? It, but you have an organization that can't go and try to get in, in, in the uh, the rent-fixing game, right? Again, that's they issued this, these regulations under the Trump administration about rent and rent being a, a public health crisis. And, and they, they try to do this stuff all the time, and, and luckily most of the time it gets shut down. But, yeah, like that's keep it to, to guidance only. And, again, they, they can tell you to do certain things, right? Like these are – are risk adverse people and they are looking at data and like what's perfectly safe, but we have to evaluate what risk is appropriate in our own lives, right? Like they also tell us things like, you know, warning us about eating undercooked meat and sushi and all that stuff. I'm like, well, okay, sure. You know, I, I realize that there is some risk in consuming my steak rare. That's but I'm willing to take that risk because I like the steak better that way that is that is my choice that is the risk i am willing to take to get more enjoyment out of my food because i don't want you know to cook my food in that way and they can provide that guidance all they want that's what they should do and people who want to understand the facts they want to know what's going on they can make that evaluation you know again some meats i will eat rare i'm not going to eat rare chicken or pork that's not worth it to me it's not it's that's a bad idea but i you know i will do that for for steak particularly when I know where it comes from. Great. Um, and the other thing that I, I would hope to see more of, again, more humbleness from politicians and public health officials, but, but politicians and bureaucrats generally, is just acknowledging that people are going to do their own thing even when the within the scope of guidance and, and mandates too. We saw a lot of that. Okay, so how do you how do you deal with that? How do you deal with folks who are who are not going to listen to you even when it genuinely is good advice and it isn't always good advice? Uh, how do you deal with those folks? Do you deal with them through force or do you deal with them by trying to sharpen your arguments and then be humble enough to accept that maybe you do have bad or incomplete information and therefore may need to change. So if you beat people over the head with, you know, your listen or else, listen or you're a moron type of uh, type of arguments, again, this is across the political spectrum, but if you, you, you tell people that, if you, you start to assume that people are dumb or irrational and you treat them as such and you you adopt this elite mentality of like well we know what's going on and you don't well yeah you know people are gonna resent you for that people are going to uh not want to listen to those folks and when you turn out to be wrong and yet you you wreck your trust it's it's that much worse so hopefully and again i'm not always an expert on this but being able to communicate what you want effectively and with trust and to to be able to, to to have people assume that you're acting in good faith is something that's 
that's tough to do, but just, just incredibly important for that type of thing. So I think it might just need to start over. Because, um, again, most people most people don't know what's going on. Most people don't know what happens with all this stuff and disease prevention, and, and like including me. And, and, you know, I read about it all the time, so I could talk about it on the show. The listeners of this show are reading about it and what's going on. But the average person isn't paying attention to this. They're just living their lives. And you're, if your one interaction with them is is one that fosters mistrust and wrecks their lives, like, gosh, it you got to get better. That's 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 what we gotta hope. That's what that's what we need to fight for, and so that's the type of reforms that that I'd like to see in this. Again, accountability for folks who have shown no remorse, who pretend like they've done nothing wrong, who uh, continue to harm people without accountability. Like like go- former Governor Cuomo, you know, he he didn't end up getting held accountable for his bad decisions about putting COVID positive patients in nursing homes and the bad policies related to that again that that's one of those things where okay you don't get the full benefit of the doubt there because some common sense could have told you that that probably wasn't the best way to go and and a lot of people got hurt by it not just not just economically hurt but died and that that is a different level and again it's not about giving them the benefit of the doubt all the time when when it's the level of hurt people are, the number of people who died because of your policies. Politicians get essentially, you know, qualified immunity for that stuff. Like they don't, they don't get held accountable in in a legal sense in in so many cases of bad policy, like genuinely hurting people, because we treat policies carried out by government differently than we do uh, actions carried out by individuals. But maybe we shouldn't in every case. It really, again, with with some COVID response policies, pretty bad. And again, with with Governor Hochul, she, I, I think, on the education policy, it should have happened a lot sooner. And I'd like to think that voters would say, "Yeah, we're going to hold her accountable in the November elections." But I'm not, I'm not really holding my breath for that, given polling, given past history. I'm going to vote for for Larry Sharp, but. Yeah, it, there's a lot of people who who still like her, and this is going to solidify her base of Democrat support who were who might be frustrated with her if they carried through the educational policies related to COVID uh, that were frustrating a lot of parents who go out and vote. This is uh, this is calming those folks down, and games. Ah, see, she came around. It's fine. What are you guys even complaining about? That's how it goes. Again. I want there to be room for forgiveness. I want there to be room for doing the right thing. Uh, I want there to be genuine re- reform. I want there to be some some level of accountability, though, when when we uh, <laughs> when they take too long or they continue to uh, carry out bad policies despite all evidence. Tim O'Connor on Facebook asks, what are our choices? Hoka wins, period. Love Larry. We'll vote for him. Yeah, and that's that, that, That's kind of what it is. Again, it's, it's tough to hold people accountable when the only mechanism that average people have for holding politicians accountable is the ballot box. And in a state like New York, that's difficult, even for folks who are in that position. And then other folks, right, there's that degree of separation. There's the, the folks who were appointed by politicians um, and – 
you know, at the state level, like public health officials, uh, at the federal level, folks like Dr. Fauci, uh, at, um, you know, and the head of the CDC and all that. At the local level, it's, you know, the chief of police. It's, uh, you know, in, in other bureaucrats and system. There, there's all these these folks who have not only a, a distant accountability for the politicians themselves, but then the folks who are in the bureaucracy who make things run, you've just got to hope that you're not enough of a PR and electoral liability to the politician or legal liability to the politician that you get booted out of office. Otherwise, you'll stay in, unfortunately. Sometimes there's shakeups, you know, after elections, but, but that, that's, that's part of it, right? And again, it's, I, I don't have a good solution other than, you know, you can, you can uh, yell about it. You can vote differently. You can uh, not comply if you so choose, although you'll face consequences for not complying with whatever lawful order comes from government. That's, that's what you could do, but you're going to, that's civil disobedience. You could face consequences for that. So that's, it's very hard to keep those types of folks accountable. Um, and this is another comment from Tim to uh, Lee Zeldin, who's uh, the Republican candidate for governor, would handle education exactly like Hochul or so close it would be hard to tell the difference. Uh, you know, I don't know about that. Now, I'll have to invite uh, Congressman Zeldin on the show to to talk about that. I'd love to ask him about his education stuff. And, uh, yeah, that'll be a subject for a future show. All right, but thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. When we come back, I'm going to change topics a little bit. Talk about the Stop Woke Act and some other things. But, of course, give us a call if you want to participate, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website there hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals but don't take my word for it they've won the best in rochester eight years in a row and have an a-plus better business bureau rating if your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals give the professionals at simple tech innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182 that's 585-200-3182 simple tech innovations Hey, this is Kevin Wilson, host of A Free Solution. You ever need a tool for just one project, but didn't want to spend the cash for something you'd use just once or twice? Well, there's a new tool library in Rochester where you can borrow just the thing you need instead of buying a new one. It's called the Tool Shed from the Southeast Area Coalition, and membership starts at just $25 a year. Use it for home projects or to support your business. Learn more and become a member at seektoolshed.org. That's S-E-A-C toolshed.org. 
Hi, Bob Savage here with a boost and good news for business owners and managers. We know it's been tough sledding with government working against you post-pandemic, so we've come up with a low-cost ad package, and for a limited time, once you're a WYSL advertiser, we'll run a bonus that's free extra schedule for job openings you're trying to fill. We'll feature your business and describe the positions you have open all at absolutely no charge. At the WYSL stations, we're not just the voice of liberty, we're the small business friend. Call 346-3000 for details. All major credit cards welcome. A free solution on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today. Thank you so much for joining us here on this wonderful Monday afternoon. Give us a call if you want to participate in the show, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. And, uh, yeah, you know, again, leave your comments online as well. Got one more from Patty on Facebook who says, write in Larry Sharp. Yeah, sure. So I'm going to do, um, and I'm going to switch topics a little bit. You know, I've, we've talked about the CDC in New York state and all that. We've talked about this a lot. I, I would love to hear more comments about how do we, how do we keep folks accountable and in, in a meaningful way? And again, it's tough to do in a democracy when, when, when so many folks wanted to see those policies happen initially right like they're they're responding to those voter incentives initially and then a bunch of other folks a bunch of folks realize like hey this no longer makes sense and then government is very slow to react politics kind of follows culture and you'll see that the the state is going to react to the needs of voters on a a pretty delayed uh timeline uh when we see that with with all sorts of policies um and it's a matter of and continue to talk about this and and make sure that politicians, bureaucratic decision makers and others know like the importance of this stuff, both communication and setting good policy and and then having some mechanism for keeping people accountable at the very least elections, but finding other ways to do that too would be important. Again, I don't know exactly what that is yet. Uh but we're going to we're going to switch gears a little bit cuz this is something I, I uh I talked about on a show a few Months ago, there's the uh, the Stop Woke Act in Florida. Can what one of those laws that rubs me the wrong way a little bit, just because you knew it was going to be unconstitutional. It's it's you knew it was going to be an issue. Uh, it was done as legislative virtue signaling. I, I don't think that there was. I don't know that I believe that there was any serious intention to have this carry through. Uh, and um, and 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 become real policy, right? So it it's also called the the, the Individual Freedom Act. It would have banned schools and businesses from teaching or training students or employees. Um, a list of, of stuff related to critical race theory, right? And yeah, you you can't. That's a, it's a free speech thing. You, you can't you can't do that. You got to let people do what they want and at schools you got a little bit more control over like just a tiny bit but uh from the state level which is a problem with education itself where the state can dictate what you can or cannot teach in any regard ends up being fraught with uh political liabilities and problems which is why i i want to do what i can to exit the education system but uh again we you can't ban employers from 
doing bad CRT, uh, like racial sensitivity and racial justice trainings. Again, and I've, I've seen these. I've sat through them before. That a lot of them are, you know, in some cases good, but in a lot of cases just just really bad and destructive. And, and uh, you know, the, some of the stuff I just just didn't like about them is just the uh, the kind of putting people into boxes based on skin color and assuming behaviors around folks uh, in a way that wasn't necessarily accurate, nor did it take into account all of the diversity that makes that person who they were, right? So I don't I don't like the narrow focus on, on race in these situations, and, and I think a, a lot of other people don't like it either. Fine. You can, we, we talk all day about what does or doesn't make sense in these types of things, but should you as a private employer either have to do a program like this or be prohibited from being doing a program like this no no it doesn't again this this is a way to go after your cultural enemies you shouldn't be able to prohibit someone from being able to do a a, a racial justice training a training that is too woke for your for for your opinion you shouldn't be able to prohibit that people employers should be able to do what they want and then you as the employee can you know raise a stink about it if you don't like it you can find a new job you can start a public discussion about it like i said but should you get the state to go in and ban it no no you shouldn't that's that's not how this stuff works and conservatives too often are, are turning to the same arguments that democrats are doing well well again this stuff is too dangerous to be kept around it's too toxic you know it's it's discriminatory against my beliefs. No, again, I hear you, but do you really want the state getting involved in stuff? Do you really want to open the door for the state to be able to regulate what speech can can take place in in your private business even more than they already have? Because this is open it further. That's what it does. And again, I, I know they tried to challenge it on the civil rights ruling and stuff, but no, it doesn't. It doesn't fit into the very narrow scope of stuff that gets. Uh, limited under the Civil Rights Act. That's not how that works. Uh, but we don't want progressives to be able to do the other thing. Like again, I it, the reason why I, I find this important, right? The reason why I think this is important and why libertarians, in particular, but small government conservatives, should pay attention to this stuff and be wary of legislation that tries to regulate speech in the workplace is because it will get flipped. Because if it did get through. If, if it did, for whatever reason, make it through the courts in Florida, make it all the way up to the Supreme Court, and we decide that that was an acceptable regulation of speech, what is going to happen next? You know, if you're able to, at the state level, to make those sorts of determinations about what speech is or isn't allowed in training programs at your state, what are, again, this is separate from discriminatory practices and certain, you know, things like uh, harassment, which has specific definitions and, and other discrimination that can exist in workplaces that is banned by other legislation. If you, you, you allow that expansion into to what the, the, the woke people that you're trying to fight, what they want to do and, and their reasons for wanting to cancel people, which exists right now as a, a, a private 
form of sometimes self-censorship, sometimes censorship by the mob, sometimes censorship by companies who are worried about PR issues. If that was allowed to be codified and put into a state level where the state is able to come in and intervene and use violence in those situations, that's, that is actually dangerous. That is scary. Again, there's enough issues with woke culture being used to uh, just just kind of perpetuate ridiculous and nitpicky arguments around around certain discussions, which sometimes I'm sympathetic to. Other times I'm like, no, nah, y'all being ridiculous. But I don't want the state getting involved in that. That should be that should be hashed out in the private sphere. That's how it is now. That that's that's where it should be. We can have these discussions. We can make these arguments. We can try to convince people that we're right in one direction or the other. The moment you introduce the element of violence into it, the moment you introduce the state into it, the moment you threaten a business uh, from being able to operate legally within a state, not just threaten, you know, bad PR and customers ignoring you and, and whatever, right? Like the, that is that is a different situation. The moment you, you threaten their ability to operate at all with state violence, you are operating on a whole different level. And that's something that we need to fight back about. That's something that we need to, to stop. That's that's the real threat to, to free speech. So I'm going to continue watching this. We'll see what appeals happen. We'll see what other legislation comes through. And uh, I don't know. Again, I, I see I see threats to free speech from both the left and the right. And we got to keep fighting the, the important cultural battles while preserving the core elements of free speech. And uh, appreciate y'all joining us today. Uh, I will be back on Wednesday. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, folks. Take care.